Better all those up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. Hello and welcome to episode 65, I think 65, maybe a 66 of Together, a Brighton Over Albion podcast. It's 65, I just saw the notes. Uh, Happy New Year, first of all. Um, We have a lot to go through today, so strap in. Um, First of all, I hope you all had a brilliant New Year. Um, Of course, the New Year's festivities were capped off by that Ali Razor goal on New Year's Day. Um, personally, I stayed home, got over some jet lag, uh, chilled out a bit, played a bit of cheeky Rainbow Six Siege to welcome in the new year. Um, so yeah, all fun and games for me. Um, and I hope that it was a bit more fun for you, but onto the good stuff. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the Chelsea game. Um, we'll be taking a brief overview of the Sheffield Wednesday game. Um, and I'll explain why it's brief, to be honest. Um, the Christmas schedule and the feedback on that, uh, and the transfer window, um, with some players with places we need to expand upon and potential names we could look into, uh, to do the job. So first of all, let's start with Chelsea, right? Um, because the transfer window is open, uh, but I prefer to go over the games first. So let's hit that on the head. Um, so we came into this game uh, against Chelsea with a terrible record against them. In fact, I am not sure that any pair of English clubs uh, have such a lopsided record um, compared to us two against each other. Uh, if there is some, if there is a team, uh, if someone will did know if there was teams that had a more lopsided record I would love to know who it was um we had played nine games against Chelsea in our history we had lost all nine um so we were in a real poor position coming into this one but you know 2020 new year new decade lots of hope um and we finished 2019 on a pretty good note with that win against Bournemouth so thankfully 2020 was the year we put that record behind us uh with a pretty impressive point it has to be said and we were kind of unfortunate by the end of the game not to come away with three um so first of all Let's take a look at some of the numbers. Um, possession, we ended 47% for us to 53% um, against a Chelsea team that usually enjoy, enjoy around 60% possession, both home and away. So Potter, as per usual, clearly not giving up on his ethos of keeping the ball. Um, we've seen this all season long. It's not a surprise to us. It was something that caught us out at Stamford Bridge, uh, but we obviously adapted somewhat to stop that being a problem um, going forward against them on Saturday. Uh, was it Saturday New Year? My God, the days are just so crazy for me right now. I don't know where I am. Um, but against Chelsea anyway. I'm just going to say New Year's Day from now on. <laughs> um, some bizarre symmetry here in the shot statistics, uh, which I really quite like. 16 shots each, 5 on target apiece too, as well as 7 shots blocked each and 4 off target each. Um, we nailed it. We completely went toe-to-toe for them. Um 
you know, no complaints from me. I'm sure that it was none from you. It was scary watching us try and defend, but on the attack, we looked better than we've looked for a little while now. Um, so, most interesting for me... Uh, so, most surprising to me is the passing patterns. So... From the stats already stated, the broad picture shows that we truly went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Frank Lampard's Chelsea, right? We we matched them exactly in terms of shots. We went to try and play that possession game against them, um, and we went out there and went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. But the, the way that we looked passing-wise is incredibly interesting. So both teams played forward more than anything else, with more forward passes and sideways or backwards. Uh, and both teams worked a large majority of their passes in the mid to final third of the pitch. Uh, the transition from back to front was super quick, incisive, positive from both sides. Um, for example, Brighton played 144 passes in their defensive third against Chelsea. Of those, Bissouma, Aaron Moy, Trossard, Mopai, Ali Razor and Aaron Connolly combined for just nine passes in our fine in our defensive third of those 144 we had no intention of piling people behind the ball uh we truly intended to play chelsea at their own game and keep people forward and expand on that counter-attack in football and by all means their numbers read almost exactly the same um neither team asked their attacking players to do a great amount of defensive work and it really showed because it was insane um, the way we were playing, bouncing around the ball to each other. Uh, their numbers read very similarly. Our Achilles heel in the game, however, was the constant overturning of possession, right? I'm sure that everybody watching it felt that we just couldn't keep passes, uh, strings of passes together. Um, and we haven't actually had a single game this season where we've overturned the ball to our opponents as much as this one. Um, just in our last four games prior to today, uh, against Palace, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, um, and Spurs, uh, we've averaged around 27 turnovers a game. Um, on New Year's Day, it was 43, and it showed, um, in my opinion, it looked like we couldn't keep the ball in possession for a decent amount of time at all. Um, that first half, especially the first 30 minutes, incredibly so, we felt lucky to only be down one goal. Um, I thought that we played... We kind of went up the gears as the game went on and we finished in the last 20 minutes, you know, the better side and we could have won the whole thing. Um, namely, due to Ali Razor's introduction again. Um, so onto the player ratings, uh, because we will be talking about him, of course. Um, and there's something to note here is the loss of Dan Byrne. So Dan Byrne went down in the 21st minute, uh, clattered into by Reese James, uh, a player I thought actually played pretty well on the day. Um, but really marred his performance with a lot of cynical, dirty challenges. Um, I would say that the one on Burn was probably the only challenge that wasn't dirty, uh, which is kind of funny because it's the one that's wiped out one of our better players for six to eight weeks. Um, but, you know, controversial statement incoming here. Um, for however talented Burn is, I like him a lot. I think he's been an unbelievable uh, find for Graham Potter, you know, to give him this chance at this level, and he's done it incredibly well. Uh, I am delighted that Bernardo is likely to be getting good minutes now under Graham Potter at left-back uh, for the next two few weeks, you know. I am delighted. Um, I think he is someone who will grow exponentially under Potter. Um, I thought he played incredibly well against Chelsea. You know, Burn is now out for six to eight weeks. 
Let's hope it's less than that. You know, collarbones are a weird bone. You know, once they break once, they could, they tend to break a lot. So hopefully it's something that doesn't kind of dog him through the rest of his career. And it's something that he can get back from a little quicker than usual. We shall see. Um, but let's start with Bernardo, shall we? I thought he did well. Um, offensively, didn't contribute a great deal, uh, which is unusual for him. You know, against Hutton, he was a very much an offensive looking left back. Uh, but I thought he shored up that left hand side where we were being ripped apart by Willian and Reese. James together um he came in committed one tackle for clearances um and for the most part kept William in his pocket uh, upon coming on so I thought that was a great positive because that side was really being torn apart um and we'll get on to why I think that was in a minute uh, it certainly wasn't Dan Byrne at fault there um I just think that Bernardo's pace uh helped eliminate that kind of threat that we were we were we were having over there um but so Webster and Dunk both recognized uh, on whoscored.com, uh, which I love to use uh, as highly rated, um, and both contributed at both ends of the pitch um, against a team like Burnley, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, you know, Norwich. I expect them to be able to come out with a, the odd game where they provide a lot going forward and at the back. But against Chelsea at home is not one way you expect to see <laughs> our defensive duo um, popping up all over the pitch. They combined for three shots, one on target, one key pass, 10 aerial duels, one and an assist, um, along with the most touches of the ball all game, along with Montoya and Proper. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, you know, it was a far cry performance um, compared to the Sheffield Wednesday one that we'll talk about shortly. Uh, but I thought it was an incredibly good performance when Webster and Dunk um, and a good sign of things to come for them, uh, regardless of who's playing next to them. Um, so on to the obvious. And the man of the match, right, it's hard to disagree uh, on the goal alone. Um, Ali Reza, your handbatch, absolutely is the man of the match for the game against Chelsea. Uh, came on for about 35 minutes and lit it up. Uh, three shots, most out of the entire team. One on target, three key passes, the most of the entire team. I mean, all eight of his passes since when he came on, obviously not a lot of them. Uh, granted, but that was uh, he also came out with 100% pass accuracy. Um, and to think that he played eight passes all game and three of them were key passes, uh, unbelievable. And then, of course, that goal, um, unbelievable stuff. I have never seen a goal that well executed as a bicycle kick from an Albion player in my life. Um, just unreal. I... Didn't catch the game live. I recorded it and didn't see the score or anything like that. I kept myself out of the loop. Um, so turned it on and watched the game. And I could not believe it watching that stuff. Um, you know, the ball came in and you thought it was just going to be another, you know, the, the ball was headed down by Dunk. Um, and you thought, oh, here we go. Maybe a bit scrappy here. Maybe we can get something from it. Uh, but no, Ali Reza uh, decided he did not want to allow it to become a scrap and dived in um, and scored an absolute banger of a goal. Uh, I have never seen anything like it. Um, you know, I, I was speechless at the time. I really was speechless. Um, I could not believe what I was seeing. Uh, even he, I don't think, could believe what he was seeing. Uh, his face after he scored was an absolute picture. He could not believe he had just pulled that off. Uh, and then Aaron Connolly's face that you see as he's halfway through the kick is absolutely a picture as well. Um, he was an absolute excellent player um, and also could have had an assist, of course, with that pass right towards the end uh, that Mopai hit 
pretty much at the keeper, um, but it was a good chance altogether, and I thought he was unlucky not to score. So, you know, what a performance from Alareza. Um And we'll see if this is going to be a sign of things to come for him. Um, who knows? Maybe this will be his uh, one or two games in the sun, uh, similar to Lacardia over Christmas last year, um, or whether this is going to be something that will be able to kind of pick up steam as the season goes on and that 16 to 19 million quid or whatever it was starts to look like it was worth some money. But as I was saying, it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. Um, so let's get to the bad shit. Uh, I think over the holiday period and really this season in its entirety, I've tried to keep negative comments back um, because of the social media timelines. They're so oversaturated um, with mental reactions after defeats. Uh, if you want to see um, any idea of what a mental reaction is after a defeat, uh, just take a look at the timeline over the last 48 hours for those of you listening on Monday um, with the defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I've already seen a couple of tweets saying that we're doomed, we're going down, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, so I try and keep keep away from that kind of ridiculous conjecture uh, too much, but there were a couple of things to talk about here, um, and one of them is Steven Alzate. Uh, I thought his first half against Chelsea was one of the worst performances I've seen from an individual this season. Uh, his positional awareness was absolutely horrific. Um, and he he was a massive reason why that left-hand side was so troubled. Um, he was leaving Dan Byrne isolated when it was his job, like proper on the right-hand side, uh, to provide that support from inside. And too often he was, I don't even know where he was, he was absent. Um, I think it's a good thing overall because A, we didn't lose, and B, it's a game the young man can learn from. Um, and he did get better as the game went on, but that first 45 minutes was genuinely, in my opinion, absolutely terrible um alzate i thought also had an incredibly poor game against sheffield wednesday which we'll get to in just a second um so you know it's been a 2020 to forget for him so far um in my opinion uh but i think a point is massive right at this point we have 24 points from the games we've played so far uh so under the so we've played 20 20 games 21 games um once so this is tough because I'm trying to word it. So this time last year under Chris Hutton against the same teams. So not chronologically, right? Um, so like not this time last year on January 4th, we were on X amount of points. Um, but comparing team to team results. Uh, so last time we played like all of these teams back to back, uh, we had took 21 points from the teams we have played so far this season. And currently we're at 24. So we are showing improvement, uh, even with a massive overhaul. Um, in what seems to be almost everything, uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch, we are still progressing. Excellent stuff. No complaints from me. Um, lots of complaints, however, about the Sheffield Wednesday game. Uh, not a lot of uh, match stats here. Um, who scored.com and SofaScore does not have a great deal of me to go off of here. Um, so there isn't really going to be any numbers for me to talk about. Um, but I thought we were absolutely terrible today. Uh, again, Sheffield Wednesday, I am recording on Saturday the 4th. Um, I thought it was just an altogether lazy, abject performance. Um, made a lot of changes, of course. David Button, Leon Balogun, Shane Duffy, Dale Stevens, Charlotto, Gaetan Bong, uh, all coming into the side. Pascal Gross as well, who had a couple of great weeks out, uh, games out. Um, but I thought they were an absolute embarrassment uh, to the Premier League today. Uh, they could not string a pass together. Um we allowed Sheffield Wednesday to dominate us in the beginning of the second half when it's when we should be coming out and showing them who we are. Um, 
Mopai, I thought, was lucky to stay on the pitch. I thought he was incredibly poor. Um, and altogether, I thought it was a game to forget. Uh, David Button really didn't have a lot to do. Thought he made a couple of great saves. Uh, Adam Webster, I thought, was incredibly below his best. Barely able to string a pass together with anybody going forward. Um, Leon Balogun, you know, he looked exactly what he was, off the pace and not match fit. Shane Duffy um, was just Shane Duffy, really. He did as best he could, um, but he is limited going forward um, in terms of passing the ball, and it looked that way. Dale Stevens, I thought, was it was one of his worst performances I've seen from Dale this season. Um, I thought he really did next to nothing. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a game where you expect someone like Dale Stevens, uh, who I believe was the captain today, um, to step up and run the show. Forgot where I was. Had to pause it. Dale Stevens was bad. Ezekiel Shalotto, game to forget again. Uh, ended up playing as more of a number 10, I think. Um, he was all over the place today. Uh, not really sure what his role was supposed to be. Um, obviously, I thought it was right wing back, but he was just about everywhere else on the pitch. Uh, Gaetan Bong. The less said about him, the better. Um, he has somehow managed to regress entirely uh, under Potter. I have not seen... just He's so bad. Um, I have not seen a worse crosser of the ball in ever um, under the Albion. He is that bad. Um, you know, I don't want to crap all over him because, like, to give him credit, right? Okay, so, like, to give him credit for something, the job he was asked to do under Chris Hutton in that first season... He did it impeccably. Do not ever get me wrong on that. He was given one man per game to take out of the game. He did it He did it magnificently. He was told by Hewton quite clearly in games, I need you to mark Salah out of the game. Do not allow him to get past you and create chances. And Bong did it magnificently, even at places like Anfield. But in every other way, that man is not even close to a championship player anymore, let alone a Premier League one. Um, and he was just terrible today. The amount of times we broke pretty well, looked like we may create a chance and passed it out wide to him and you just knew that nothing was going to come of it was incredibly disappointing. Um, and we deserve nothing. Um, and we got it. Steven Alzate, I thought, was poor. Um, what he was doing in the box a couple of times was terrifying. Bissouma looked the worst performance I've seen from Basuma ever. Uh, lazy, weak on the ball, passing was atrocious, um, just bad, 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 bad. Neil Mopai, I thought, was lucky to stay on the pitch. Uh, Pascal Gross, you know, was probably the only player that I thought played pretty well. Uh, some great passes forward. Um, his set pieces were pretty, were pretty great as well. Um, you know, it was just really poor from us to come away from this game with absolutely nothing. Um, you know, on the whole, I'm really not too worried about it. I wasn't really worried about a cup run at all. Um, I think those that are worried about this kind of being a, a precursor to the rest of our season are massively overreacting. Um, I think if we play like this the rest of the season, we will go down with zero points earned between now and the end of the year. Um, but I can't, you know, I can't see this being a, a, a prediction as to how we're going to play the rest of the season. I think people need to chill a little bit on that one. Um, but Overall, uh, terrible, poor, lazy, um, and deservedly out of the cup. And, you know, I, I would be more upset if we weren't trying to survive uh, in probably the most competitive Premier League I've seen 
um, in a long time. So, you know, I, every little helps at this point. And with teams like Watford going 3-0 up at home to Tramia uh, and <laughs> getting pegged back for a 3-3 draw and a replay all the way up in Liverpool, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll take what I can get. And I would rather us lose than draw. Um, however controversial that statement is, uh, clearly it's quite a lot because I've had a bit of feedback on that. Um, but, so, final point of the day transfers um because the window is now swung open uh with major effect because the players have been pouring in um in this january window uh yeah no nothing's happened at all i think sheffield united have signed jack rodwell um another than that nothing has happened at all but shopping list uh outs so let's talk about the players we need to get out first i think uh florin andone is a lot is on loan at galatasaray uh is it Galatasaray? Yeah, it's Galatasaray um, for the rest of the season. If we can get him gone permanently in the January window, great. Uh, I've seen a couple of things online that saying that he may never play for Galatasaray again, so maybe he's just been a dick there too. Um, and we are going to have to basically take a huge loss on him and sell him for nothing. Um, but get rid if we can. Jürgen Lacardia, get rid, absolutely. Clearly, he doesn't have a place in the team. He's doing all right out in Germany. They're more likely to spend some money on him. Let's see if we can get him over the line and out of the team. Uh, Gaetan Bong, Dan Byrne has been hurt. Um, but I don't think that's any excuse to keep a player so incapable of playing in the Premier League level on this, in this style. Um, he needs to go get Gaetan Bong out, get Ezekiel Shalotto out too. Um, Shalotto has had a chance to prove himself. He looks off the pace. He doesn't look quite there at all yet. Great. Good for him. Glad to see him back. Glad to see him getting an opportunity. Uh, but he hasn't really taken any opportunity with both hands, has he? Um, I think he's been below par for pretty much the entire uh, season um well, not season, but the last couple of games that he's actually been fit to play in. Um and I I I don't see a reason to keep him on. Um, I think we could probably get a half-decent fee for him if we sell him abroad. Um, and with that, and getting rid of those players, two strikers are already on loan out and two fullbacks, um, we need to bring in a couple of other players. Uh, striker, obviously. Um, somebody we've seen uh, rumoured for us a couple of times is uh, Fyodor Chalov of CSKA Moscow. Um so he is he is a pretty interesting player. Um, Stats Bomb did an article on him um, on New Year's Day. Very interesting indeed. Um, but you know he's only twenty one, um, not having the best of seasons right now. Five goals in nineteen games. But you know January is a weird weird kind of time of the year, um, and we need a forward. So we may well come forward and get that job done. Um, he is a man who did score 15 goals and provided seven assists last season, much better than this year. Um, and obviously the sample size they have here, um, in the Europa league are pretty decent as well. Um, the guy comes forward a lot. Uh, he is more than happy to participate in the build-up. Uh, he's very much a modern forward like Mopai. Uh, he'll make his own chances. Um, and if left any space in any part of the penalty area, he will absolutely take in a shot. Um, pretty adept with both feet. Um, and his profile in Europe is one of a player who doesn't shoot often, uh, but is careful to pounce on the very best goal-scoring opportunities. Um very good article that they posted here um i would definitely recommend taking a look at it uh of course there is that lack of shot volume might be a concern um but he also does create chances for his teammates through pretty solid passing play 
Um, only downsides for Chalov is his physique. He's no means. He's by no means weak. Uh, but ball protection, aerial duels can always uh, be a problem at times. Um, and he operates a lot better when he has space to outrun his opponents. Um, and even more so when his teammates are able to threaten the defense, right? Which may be why he is faltering now. Um, his only real help is coming from midfielder Nikola Vlasic, uh, who is scoring his own goals. Um, but, you know, I think it's more of a case of CSKA Moscow being poor um, as opposed to Chalov. Um Personally, you know, as an Albion fan that needs another striker, I would be delighted to give this guy a go. Um, why not, right? What's the worst that could happen? His profile reads a lot like a combination of Aaron Connolly and Neil Mopai, um, which is clearly the type of player that Graham Potter likes. So I say make the push, get him in, Graham. Uh, and see what he can do and add to that front line. Um, because to add to that, I did forget to mention uh, another out looks to be Glenn Murray. Um, did not turn out for the game for the game against Sheffield Wednesday today. Uh, didn't even make the bench. The rumours of him going to a championship club look uh, more and more likely now. Um, the fact that he couldn't even get on the bench today suggests that uh, we're probably just keeping him out of harm's way um, to get him out of the door in this January window. Uh, but that also does intentionally say that, you know, we're likely to put a lot more money out there to try and get one in if we're going to let him go. Um, it would seem crazy for us to let him go if we had no intention of bringing in a striker to replace him. So we will see. Uh, but Chalovs definitely seems to be one of those players that is uh, bouncing in and around the rumor mill. Uh, another player that's in and around the kind of rumor mill as well is Samata. Um, he is a player who plays in Belgium. Um, someone who has, you know, I think I've actually brought him up a couple of times. Um, he has done a lot of work going forward. Um, he is a good striker. He is very impressive indeed. Um, I like him a lot. I think he would be a great move for us. Um, but we shall see if we get him in. Uh, I think it's one of those striking options that very similarly to, um, Chalov and Mopai. Godly, he would play a very similar role, um, slightly stronger than them, um, definitely stronger than them actually um, holding the ball up. But out of the two, I would probably be happier to see Samata come in um, as opposed to Chalov, but we shall see. Um, he's a little older. So other positions of need, uh, right back. We obviously need another right back if we are going to get rid of Charlotte, just going down my own hypothetical pathway here. Um, but I think we also need a right back whether we keep him or not. Kyle Walker-Peters um, has been a player linked to us at right-back position. Um, pretty good player at Spurs uh, and hasn't been given a great amount of chances um, under Jose Mourinho um, and disappointed himself under Pochettino, to be fair. Um, I thought it was a case of, you know, him just not being good enough for the Premier League. Uh, but actually, you know, upon review and looking at how bad everybody was, for Spurs under Poch, um, I think it's kind of a bit harsh to bring that judgment too soon. Um, and it would be a player that I would be pretty happy to bring in. Also very young um, and, you know, can play that kind of wing back role if necessary um, and can play like that attacking fullback role that Montoya is doing pretty well in so far if necessary too. Um, but provide that youth option always right back that we're going to need 
uh, because I don't think Shilotto is it. And Shilotto is now 30 years old, of course. Um, Montoya is not getting any younger uh, in his late 20s. So I think uh, a young right back is a necessary evil. Um, and Kyle Walker-Peters, we could do a lot, lot worse. Finally, excuse me, finally, at left back, um, we need we need a left back if we're going to get rid of Gaetan Bong, right? And I think we should get rid of him um, because I think that the longer he is there, the bigger a liability he becomes. Um, and I think that we can't afford to have to start him in a game in the Premier League this season. Uh, it could be an absolute disaster. So with that, um, just total nonsense from me, but... Let's just say it anyway. Uh, Percy Tao, rumoured to be leaving in the summer um, on a full transfer to somebody unlikely to get a game at the Albion slash work permit at the Albion. Um, fine, cool. It's a shame, but it is what it is. He's playing very well for Club Bruges right now. Um, pretty much a regular starter. Doing well. Performing. Why not do a deal with them this January to finalise a fee for Percy Tao? and bring in their left-back from Ukraine, Eduardo Sabol. Um, he is 25 years old. He is rapid. He is capable of playing out wide left, both as a left-back and on occasion a left midfielder. Very good defensively. His Europa League numbers are very solid indeed. Um, I would like to see somebody like that brought in uh, because I think he can be the difference um, that we need at that left-back spot. It would be a great position for him and Bernardo to compete uh, because as of right now, Bernardo has no competition whatsoever, right? It's just him, obviously. No burn. Bong is nowhere near at his level. We, we have no competition. Um, so I'm hoping that that is... That is the kind of thing we look at in this in this loan win in this loan window in this transfer window, but we shall see. Um, final note, of course, is Everton coming up. Very different Everton to uh, the one we played at the beginning of the season. Uh, they have Richarlison firing again. Uh, Gibriel Sidibe at right wing back is playing incredibly well. Luca Dina is obviously on fire as well. Calvert Lewin. Um, Angelotti is an incredibly talented manager and he's got his players playing at a very solid uh, level again this season. So this is going to be a team at Everton that are going to play incredibly well, um, I think, and we'll do well to, you know, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. Um, I don't think this game that we just played against Sheffield Wednesday is really a barometer as to how we'll play. I think we'll look very different um, on Saturday, so we shall see. Uh, but we have seven days rest now. Lots of work to do in the transfer window, uh, I hope. And lots of work to do on the training pitch to continue to grow this this ethos that Potter is trying to put in place because, uh, you know, with our, with our backups playing as terribly as they did against Wednesday, uh, we need to have a response in the league. Um, and these next couple of fixtures coming forward, well, not next, a lot of the next <laughs> fixtures coming forward, you know, Everton away, Villa at home, Bournemouth away, West Ham away, Watford at home. Uh, these are all games we need to be looking at taking points from. Um, and we shall see going forward if we manage to do that. So big game on the weekend, 11th of January. Uh, be ready for that one. Um, and I will see you all next week on Together, a Brighton Hove Albion podcast. <laughs>